Yeah, we're going to, if you've got your Bibles with you, open up to Luke chapter 8. We're going to be in there for most of today. Um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to yeah, start us off with some prayer. We're going to be, we're going to be looking at the, um, the parables in this coming season. And uh, it's very, um, it's exciting for me to, uh, it's not really something I've done much of, is, um, yeah, preach through the parables intentionally. And so we've got, I think, about six, I was counting six or seven Sundays that I've got coming up to December. And so then we'll be into like Christmas themed stuff. So, um, yeah, if you, and I'm only going to preach out of uh, Luke's um, records of the parables. So if you want to start reading through the Gospel of Luke and just um, working your way through some of the parables over these coming months, then yeah, I want to invite you to do that. Um, and no doubt, yeah, the ones I'm preaching on will, will come through there as well um, in your reading. So invite you to participate in this journey together with me and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for bringing us to your word again. Um, <clears throat> Lord, I just think of that uh, scripture we read out of Isaiah 55 and just um, the way that there's an invitation for us to come to you if we're thirsty, <clears throat> if we're hungry, if we're in need, and that you're going to give us something for nothing. You know, we really come to you with empty hands um, and rely on you. Uh, we rely on your mercy and rely on your grace. And today I pray that that would be true. I pray that uh, we would receive from you today, God. I pray that you'd slow down our minds and our hearts, that we would be able to hear from you, that your spirit would, uh, yeah, just tap into the things going on in our lives, in our relationships, in our families, in our work, and uh, that we'd see your transforming power at work in our hearts. We want to become like your son, Jesus, we want, to, we want to participate in his life, that we might um, participate in proclaiming your kingdom in our world today, God. And so we ask for your help. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Okay, so today, as I said, we're opening up to uh, Luke's gospel, and we're going to be looking at the parable of the sower in chapter 8. So um, be following along at uh, Luke... Uh, chapter 8 actually starts out by saying that Jesus is traveling about now from one town and village to another. And what he's doing, it says he's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And this is kind of like what all the parables are about. They're about the kingdom of God and what it's like. Yeah. And so Jesus is bringing a message to the world. And, it's, and that message is like, hey, this is the inauguration, God's, God's kingdom is coming to the world. This is what it's about. The kingdom of heaven is being established here on earth and that work is starting. And what is standing out to me in the parable of the sower is that if we are going to be able to receive the message that he is spreading, if we're going to be part of what he is establishing on the earth, then we need to be taking care of how well we're listening to that message that he's proclaiming, right? How well we're receiving that message and what we're doing about what we've heard as we receive that message, right? Seven times in the parable, Jesus uses the word hear or hearing, right? So this, and, and, and it kind of shapes the theme of, of what we're supposed to get out of it, yeah? And so 
It's about hearing the word. It's about hearing the proclamation of the kingdom of God. It's about how well we're doing that. And as you read the couple of passages that follow directly after the parable, um, you see this same message, the same idea of listening, the same idea of putting into practice the word of God. And you get the feeling that Jesus is inviting people to keep your ears to the ground. Have you ever heard that phrase? Keep your ears to the ground is like, is like listen out, you know, um, be, be, on the, be on the watch. Listen out for what I'm saying. Jesus is like inviting people to come with this posture of curiosity. What is, what is, who is this guy? What is he saying? What message is he proclaiming with the way that he lives, the things that he speaks? And, um, and really this parable is about how well are we able to receive that message, right? And so for the Jewish um, listeners of his day, any news of the coming kingdom of God was sort of politically charged, Right? It was like, wow, a new kingdom? Right now we're in the Roman kingdom. A new kingdom? The kingdom of God? That sounds like something we can get behind. We're excited about it. And as they, as they thought, and I've mentioned this many times, it shapes like kind of the, the narrative of the Gospels is, um, you know, this idea that they wanted the Roman Empire gone. Right? We know that. I've said it many times. Um, but that's not the message that Jesus brings when he's bringing the kingdom of God. He's saying, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be the case that that'll be gone. While he's talking about the kingdom of God, it's not going to, you know, come in this big way and blaze through the Roman Empire and be established in some earthly manner. Right? This is the message that Jesus brings. People who receive the message of the good news, hold on to it for dear life, after persevering with it, after listening well and putting it into practice and hearing and doing the word of God, the fruit that they will bear will come. There will be a great harvest, 100 times better than you could have ever planned to receive if you did it your way. That's the message that Jesus is bringing. He's saying, hey, listen well, watch me, be curious, have your ears to the ground, look at what I'm trying to say and do with my life and then hear that message, receive it, hold on to it, cling to it, persevere with it, and eventually there will be fruit, more fruit than you could ever imagine. And so before we read the parable of Sarah, I want to I just go to the, um, we'll go to verse 16 in chapter 8, and I um, just want to read these couple of uh, short passages that come after the parable, because this, um, it's much like Luke 15, the, um, the parable of the prodigal son, there's the lost coin and the lost sheep as well, right? And so these, when you read through and you see a theme that sort of strings together in the Bible, you need to go, okay, this must be giving context and giving us an idea of what the parable is actually about, right? So this is what it says. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. So Jesus is saying, hey, the light is coming. He's, he's talking about the kingdom of God here as well. He's saying, you know, it's here. I'm not going to hide it. We're, we're, we're trying to tell people about this new kingdom of God. You know, let's, let's put it on a stand. Everyone's, everyone ought to be able to see it. And he says this in verse 18, therefore... Consider carefully how you listen. You know, he's saying, it's here. I'm here. Here's the message. I'm, I'm going to be proclaiming it. 
Therefore, consider carefully how you listen to this message. Right now, verse 19, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Someone told him, you know, and you could imagine them, hey, Jesus, your mother and brothers are here. (laughs) You know, they want to see you. Come out and see them. And he replies, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. Right, there it is again, same thing, hearing the word, putting it into practice, listening to what he's trying to say, right? And he's not getting about burning bridges with his family, right? He's not trying to like be rude or anything, but what he's trying to say is um, those who listen and put into practice the message that he was bringing to the world, those people are going to be part of my kingdom. Those people are going to be my people. They're the ones that are going to be participating in the harvest and, and, uh, and multiplication and growth and um, everything that Jesus is trying to do. And so my prayer for us as a church, just as we start reading through this parable, is that we would be listening. We would be a people who go through a season of listening to Jesus. And not just listening but posturing ourselves ready, like listening is just like the first step. You know, we've got to be listening, but then ready to act when we, when we hear from God, ready to act when we, when we see Jesus doing something and we go, oh yeah, that, that's something I can do. And we're ready to act. We take a hold of it and we cling to that thing that we see Jesus doing. We say, yep, that's me too. I'm there. That's my prayer for us as a church. So let's start reading through. Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 4. It says, While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. So Palestinian farmers um, would scatter their seeds over their paddock uh, before they tilled the soil, right? And so as they tilled the soil, the seeds would mix into the soil And you could imagine the tool just sort of digging through the soil and the seeds getting mixed in, um, finding their home in the ground. And it was not surprising to Jesus' listeners that some fell on the path, you know. As I was doing my study, I'm finding, you know, know, pathways and highways and so on would often travel through, you know, the farming areas. So it's not, this is, they're not surprised by, what's the farmer getting seeds on the path for? You know, they're like, oh, no, that makes sense. Um, They're also not surprised to hear that, there's some rocky ground about, you know, that, that's pretty normal for them, didn't surprise them. They're not even surprised to hear that there, there was some thorns in the paddock, right? Some weeds and things that were there and present. They're not, they're not surprised by that. What surprised them about Jesus' words here was that the good soil yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. Now that is surprising to a to a um, a farmer in Jesus' day. Maybe ten times what was sown would be like exceptional. You know that's sort of unheard of. If it was maybe every now and then that would happen, a bumper crop. Whoa, that's unexpected. Ten times, but a hundred times. Now you've got my attention. 
Um, and so Jesus here is a listening in. What is, what is it about the message that he's talking about? What is it about the seed? What is it about um, the good soil that a hundredfold crop could be produced? That is interesting to them. And so when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And his disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that those seeing, they may not see. Though hearing, they may not understand. And so Jesus has inserted this quote from Isaiah 6 um, verse 9, and it kind of sounds like he, he, he kind of doesn't want some people to find out um, what the deal is. And I think there's this tension as we read through the Gospels in that Jesus is always trying to say, um, you know, he'll heal someone, he'll say, but but go and just offer the sacrifice and don't tell them that, you know, it was me. I'm not sort of ready for that yet, you know. And there's this tension present where um, if he causes too much of a stir, uh, you know, in, in his proclamation of this new kingdom, he might be killed too early, you know. Um, the Roman Empire might find out and it might cause too much tension too early. But he's got ministry to carry out. He's got three years of ministry to carry out. And so this is a big reason why he chooses to speak in parables. It's both revealing truth to those who are keen to dig it out and hear it. And it's also concealing some of the truth from those who probably shouldn't hear the truth yet, you know? And so he's not saying that ultimately people shouldn't, um, shouldn't hear the truth and he doesn't want them to. He's just saying it's kind of like a now and not yet sort of thing. That's what the parables were doing. And so the other side of that is he says um, some people are sadly just never going to understand. They're never going to do the work to understand. They're never going to choose to listen to what Jesus is saying, even though he's speaking it. And so there's that bit. Just maybe if you're wondering, I've always wondered about that sort of stuff. So hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> Verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Right, and we need to remember that when he says the word of God, my mind automatically jumps to the Bible, but I think it's broader than just the, the Bible, okay? It's a bigger concept than that. It's the whole message of God, inclusive of everything Jesus says, everything that he does. It's like everything that he embodies as you read through the Gospels and you see him interact with people. This is the message of God. This is the seed of God. It's everything. And obviously now, 21st century, we get to include the Scriptures into that, right? But um, Jesus is doing the work of proclaiming a message through his life about what the kingdom of God is like. And that's the seed that he's planting. It says, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. <clears throat> and I think all that needs to be said about the seed on the path is that when Jesus came to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God, when he came to scatter seeds of faith, he knew he was fighting a spiritual battle. Right? The Romans weren't going to snatch seeds of faith from people's hearts. Right? Early, the early church was not, not disturbed by um, you know, their persecution. Right? Of course, it was difficult, but their, their faith was not snatched by that. Right? <clears throat> it was the devil that people needed to be wary of. And we ought to be aware of this as well. The devil is active. Right? He's, he's trying to tear down the establishment of the kingdom of God in our lives. He's trying to tear down multiplication and a harvest. He doesn't want to see it happen. And as we keep our ears to the ground and are listening well, we ought to be prayerful. 
we ought to be wary that nothing snatched from our lives as well, from the establishment of the kingdom in this place and in our community. And we might also be wise to consider that the Jews were wrong about the kingdom of God not overthrowing the Roman rule. And we ought to be aware that this spiritual battle probably has less to do with the things that we see in politics and in government and all of that sort of stuff. Because I know it's easy for us to look at that and go, oh man, everything's going wrong. We've got the wrong leaders in place and this person should be doing that and blah, blah, blah. When I think it's a lot more to do with, um, you know, what are we doing? Are we listening to what Jesus is saying? Are we carrying our cross? Are we being servant leaders in our families and in our spheres of influence? Are we upholding one another in prayer? Are we putting on the full armour of God, as it says in Ephesians 6? You know, are we taking time out, carving time out in our lives to listen to God? Right, that's the best way to fight the devil. That's the best way to ensure nothing's snatched from us. Let's keep going. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. It's like fair weather friends, you know? Everything's going good. This is great. Yeah, I can, I can get behind this guy. You know, look at his miracles. Listen to his teaching. Those morals are like on point. I really like what he's saying. It all sounds pretty good. I can get behind him, you know, with a fair amount of joy. But the problem comes when um, he is asking me to live, uh, the way he's asking me to live actually starts costing me something, right? That's when discipleship starts to happen. You know, we, we receive the free gift of grace and salvation. Man, that's good. I like that, but oh, um, actually now I have to change a little bit. And actually this is a journey and it costs me something. And we saw in the first um, a uh, few verses of this chapter, there's some women who are following Jesus and his disciples around. And it says that they were supporting the ministry out of their own means. You know, these women just, uh, you know, some of them have been healed and, and experienced miracles and seen Jesus teaching. And, and they're like, <clears throat> you know what, that's awesome. Love this guy. But that, they were willing to let it cost them something too. You know, they, they didn't mind And it probably wasn't an easy thing to be associated with him either, you know, for them. And so there's this cost involved. And and, and it's like that time of testing. Hold on a second. Am am I going to have to carry my own cross? You know, is that real? (laughs) You know, I might actually have to let go of some of my own preferences. Uh, These people don't like me now because of who I follow. I mean, I've got to take on the whole teaching of Jesus. (laughs) You know, not just the parts that fit the vision for my life. Jesus is asking us if we're truly listening to what, he's, what he is saying as he proclaims what the kingdom of God is like. <clears throat> and there's the seed that fell among thorns. Um, it says, it stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures and they do not mature. I think I've preached on this before when we were looking at Ecclesiastes. It was one of those, it's just, just a great verse. I think it's just geared so much towards where we're at, um, you know, 21st century Christians and, and all that's going on in our world, like worries, riches, and pleasures. Like you could write, you could do a series on that. We could write books on those things. Um, I just think uh, we, we should be listening up when we listen to this, right, this verse. 
And the word choked is an image that's worth exploring, right? Because being choked is about not getting enough of what you actually need to survive, right? These things choking us, they're, they're, they're not allowing us to get enough of what we actually need to survive. Not enough oxygen, not enough breathing space. And the idea is that if nothing changes, you're going to black out, right? That's what's going to happen. And Jesus is saying here that life's worries, riches and pleasures are the choking hazards that will prevent us from having enough of what we actually need It's as though life's cares, anxieties, making money, life's pleasures are all things that are going to prevent us from having what we need to become mature and fruitful. And so the challenge for us is that while we do have many cares and concerns, and and that's just part of life, while we do have, you know, the need to make money, and while we do have, um, you know, plenty of good things to enjoy in life, that's all well and good. Someone who's a good listener... um, is picking up on what Jesus is saying here. And he's saying, if you can't carve out time away from this, these things and this stuff, if you can't... Uh, have you ever had noise-cancelling headphones? Has anyone got some? Right? Aren't, aren't they really cool? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Jesus is saying here, hey, guys, noise-cancelling headphones. We've got to get some. And we've got to put them on and we've got to wear them. And, and the purpose of wearing them is that we could carve out time away from our cares, away from making money, away from the pleasures of life, and just that pure time to just listen to God, listen to Jesus. What is he saying? It's like in a fire, if you push all the um, timber together, there's not enough oxygen, so, so eventually the fire will just go out. You know, it needs air, it needs breathing space, and so do we. Because if we don't get it, we... we, we we aren't mature, there's no fruit. Um, it's not a good enough environment for us to grow in. You know, on the noise cancelling thing, I think the best place for us to listen to God is in silence. You know, I don't know if you've ever been able to experience silence um, before, like just pure silence. I, I once did a float tank. I don't know if anyone, have you heard of these things, a float tank? There's a place called, a business called The Cave. You know, this is like a little ad for them. I really like it, right? I've done it once. I'm going to go and do it again. You get in this tank and you're just floating and, and it's just pure silence for like an hour. And um, I'm pretty, pretty sure I just f- slept for the whole time, <laughs> right? But it's just so good. And, um, and to me, I just think we need to carve out times like that. How, how, when have we ever been able to say, oh, I just spent an hour in silence, you know, not hearing anything? And I think it's, um, we might be surprised what God says to us. If we could just push through the awkwardness, you know, it takes time to, you know, often if I'm, if I'm in a rush and I'm reading my Bible and oh, I should uh, just get through this chapter that I'm doing for today, um, you know, what I get out of that Bible time is so different to the times where I, where I allow space and I allow silence and I give myself the time to, um, to just, uh, just be in God's presence and to, and to let go of the cares, let go of the worries, let go of thinking about all the things I've got to do. Jesus is asking us to do this. So let's search for silence. Um, it was Elijah who heard God's voice in the silence as well, wasn't it? You know, we were looking at that in our Emotionally Healthy Spirituality group this week 
And that word, I, I think the NIV says in the, in the whisper, uh, the small still whisper, but they, what, what, what we were learning was that that's only there because there's no real word for like nothing, you know? And, and God's voice actually came through just the silence. There was nothing there and, and, and we, uh, Elijah was able to speak with God. That's what I think he wants for us too. Let's get to the last soil. The seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Right? This is the good stuff. This is what we want to see happening. The good soil is an image of someone who's listening to the message of Jesus well. Right? Jesus knew that when he came to proclaim the good news, he'd find people who are ready to work at understanding it. Right, understanding the message. They'd, he'd find people who wouldn't be able to let go of what they'd heard or what they'd seen. You know, I think it's like as he goes about um, his journey, you know, he comes across all sorts of different people. You know, the, there's the bleeding woman, there's Zacchaeus, there's, um, you know, the, the blind man, and there's, there's just story after story. He's just journeying. He's just traveling about doing his three-year ministry journey. But he comes across these people and, and he just has these interactions and it's like, of course, he knew what, what he was doing, where he was going. He came across these people who are hungry. They were ready to, to learn, ready to understand. And, and when they saw Jesus, when they heard about him, when they heard his teaching, they couldn't let go. You know, that posture of just hunger for, for what they know is right. It's like, it's like when someone who's, it's like when the created being meets their creator. It's like you just see yourself in them and you're like, yes, that's it. That's what I need. Jesus knew that he'd come across people like this. That's the, that's the posture of being in the good soil. These are described as having a noble and good heart, right? And I thought, well, what does that mean? That sounds a bit like noble, you know? It's, it's a bit like that. The idea is that these people have a deep desire for truth, right? And when they hear it or see it in Jesus, they can't help but notice, man, that's true. Like they're just this, there's this um, honesty within them and they just connect with what Jesus is saying, and how much they feel they were created for everything that he's proclaiming through his life, his ministry, his actions, his words. They have an attraction to it. And I wonder if maybe this is like that moment where you, where you get saved. You know, you hear about Jesus. I don't know for you if, you if you felt this and it was like, yeah, that's right. Bottom of my heart, I just know there's truth in that. You know, and that like grabs you and that's it for the rest of your life. You've recognized who your creator is. These people retain the message. It says they're holding on to it no matter what. And it's interesting that this is only after persisting, only after sticking with it for the long haul journey, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, decade in, decade out for some of us, two decades in, two decades out, you know, going on and on through this journey. Only after that do they begin to see a bumper crop. And I think Jesus is teaching us something here about what it takes to see multiplication and a harvest in the kingdom of God. More often than not, it's about the long game, right? It's about persevering, enduring, sticking at it. Through, um, you know, I think this good soil is actually a posture that he's inviting us to take on. And he's saying listening well <clears throat> is the first step to seeing growth and multiplication, hearing and doing and sticking at it, 
just persevering, long-haul endurance. That's, that's what it takes to see multiplication. If we're going to see a crop that is 100 times more than what is sown, our challenge is to consider how carefully are we listening in our lives? Are we hearing God's word? Are we putting it into practice? It's not just about doing a Bible reading plan either. I could read the whole Bible and just never meet with Jesus. You know, that's possible. But it's like, you know, it's like those moments where you read one verse and and you just are overwhelmed by God's presence. You know, do we have those experiences? Do we read the Bible at a rate where I've been challenged to slow down my reading so that I can read at a rate where I'm actually consuming what's true there? You know, I'm, I'm slowing right down. You know, rather than reading three chapters a day, I'm going back to, to one and then, and then um, one every few days, you know, just to really slow it down, just so that I'm actually picking up on the truth that's there, consuming it, rereading it, rethinking over it, right? Because that's important. It's about carving out that time to listen well. So there's some challenges for us in this. If we want to see a hundred crop, uh, sorry, a hundredfold crop in our lives, if we want to see um, more than what we're, if we want to see more coming back in the harvest than what we're sowing in, I think this is part of it. It's listening to Jesus, and it's not just about reading our Bibles, but it's, um, but it's like just listening to His voice. And you've got to carve out time. There's no other way for me to, to, to say this. But, you know, maybe it's what, what is he saying to you at church? That's probably a good place to start. Maybe it's, um, you know, giving, giving 10 minutes of your day or, I don't know, just one day a week, whatever it is, to just listening. Praying through your home. Taking 20 minutes to just walk through your home and say, God, just, just want to pray, pray through my home and, and just do a lap around it or something and just be intentional. And doing the lap isn't anything special, but it's just being that intention of saying, okay, God, I just want to give this time to you. What, what, what are you going to say to me about my relationships that are present here or just this space and, and my life and this season that I'm in? And then when he speaks, actually being quiet and when he speaks, taking that to heart and trusting that he's spoken to you, you know, and, and then acting on it, okay? It's going to take courage, but acting on what he said going and doing the thing that he asks of us. That's a challenge for us. And it looks probably different for all of us, but I wonder what practice do we have for listening and doing and acting when he speaks. I'm going to finish with James uh, chapter 1, verses 19 to 25. It's the listening and doing passage out of there. And, um, and then we'll close in prayer. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself 
goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That's my prayer for us. Let's, um, yeah, let's pray. Lord, this is great. there's just a great challenge here in this, in this word. And uh, we want to be people who are listening to you. And we want to be trusting what we hear. And we want your spirit to bring the words of the scriptures to life for us. And we want um, even just to be listening out for those promptings that you put in our life as we, as we go about our day at work and, and, and at home. Lord, we want, to, um, we want to be listening to you. We just, uh, I think, is it the prophet Samuel, when he was a little boy, he said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And we just want to, we, we want to have that posture. I really feel like this, and, and, and this parable is really showing us that if we're going to see growth, if we're going to see uh, multiplication, if we're going to see a harvest, this is the first step, listening to you and acting on it and trusting your spirit and trusting the word that you give us. I pray that you'd help us with this. Help us to be bold in it. Help us to have courage to step out in faith, to keep our eyes fixed on you, God. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.